Welcome, welcome everybody. Passions and Professions, episode 11. Um, for those who are new uh, to this podcast, my name is Derek Apau and I am your host. And uh, again, if you are new, then you, you'll be a uh, nice surprise for you to learn that from time to time, I let you in on my conversations and I speak to professionals who have found a way to tap into their strengths, passions, and make careers out of them. Okay. And as a result, they break boundaries and they feel empowered a lot of the time. So look, we are in uh, not one, uh, but not two. We, 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 we've got through two lockdowns, okay? And I think we should just take a bow. You know, in fact, I'm going to give everybody a round of applause. Because it, it has been, it's been very tough. You know, for some, uh, there's, there's been grief. Uh, there's been non-stop uncertainty and non-stop change. And I'm sure many of us have had to dig deep to, uh, to get through it and are still getting through it, you know, and, and, and many are probably quite tired at this, at this stage and looking forward to a new year to start fresh. Um, so yeah, look, everybody just give yourself a pat on the back. And um, I'm sure many of us have, have learned loads um, about, about how to manage their strengths, manage their energies, and um, you know what? It takes me back because uh, when I touched on strengths, which is a big part of what um, I believe in, the strengths-based approach, um, it takes me back to you know seven, eight years ago where I had a, a huge breakthrough. And this breakthrough uh, led me to uh, learn so much about myself and what I need as a person to uh, really thrive and, and enjoy uh, work and, and life, really. Um, and and this, this is the epiphany, basically, is that... If I work in an environment that allows me to be myself, uh, that means my, the personality, um, my, my background, if I can show up as myself, if I have a role that taps into my natural strengths, my talents, whoa, we get some greatness and everybody wins. All right. Now, on the flip side, if it's not like that, uh, I can get bored and I feel very drained uh, I can do it. I can use skills, learn new stuff, but it can get, uh, it can become harder, a lot harder. And uh, as I said, get drained. Uh, and in worst case, it feels soul destroying. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. And um, yeah, so that was my, my epiphany. And, and that led to a series of, of uh, actions and then eventually a huge career change. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm speeding it up and it's, it's probably more romantic than, than it really it really sounds. And I'll probably do an episode on exactly how that all panned out. But that brings me to, to today. And um, along the way, I've learned about, you know what, I wasn't actually unique. I'm, I'm not actually that unique. And um, I'm a human. And, and there's a lot of research, a lot of really clever scientists who have proved that these things that I've described, these factors, these characteristics, you know, playing to your strengths, uh, having values, being more positive, these are essential for humans to thrive and to flourish. Uh, so of course, I've immersed myself in this over the years, I've become a coach, trainer, et cetera, and, and working with uh, companies and, and individuals to really um, you know, leverage this so everybody wins. Um, and a big part of how I do this is by using some uh, assessments that, that, uh, that really kind of give you data uh, that is valid and that is reliable. And one of these tools is called StrengthScope. So bringing it back to what we usually do is we, we have an, a guest. We have someone who's going to add value and, and help me bounce some ideas and share some of their wisdom. 
on this topic. So I introduce Dr. Paul Brewerton, founder of StrengthScope. Paul, thank you for joining us. Hi, Derek. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Good, good. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And that intro uh, was amazing. I kind of feel like there's not much more I can say, but ha, I know me. <laughs> there probably is more I can say, and I will. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? Let's, let's, um, let's just start actually with, with how 2020 is treating you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just hearing your intro and your, um, your one person round of applause for everybody out there, which, you know, I was going to join in and I thought, you know, no, I've, I've not been introduced. <laughs> that's rude. So I'll just stay quiet for now, but I was fully with you as you were doing it. I think it honestly is amazing how, how everybody is coping and dealing uh, with the circumstances. I, you know, it's been, it's been a, uh, it's been a year, right? You know, I would say in answer to your question, how's 2020 treating me? Pretty good, healthy, well, my family are too. That is the main thing. But as you said, that's not true of everyone that I know. Uh, and I'm sad for that. Um, and, and I can't say that I've not been affected by everything that's happened. It's been traumatic in that real sense of the word on so many levels, um, personal and business. The pandemic is one the UK leaving the EU is another. The rise of the anti-racist movement is another. And it's almost like, and more and more and more and more. But, you know, you, you said it in your intro, we march on. We're humans. Um, and we do what humans do. We strive to thrive. You know, we're doing our best to be our best, even in these difficult times. Not trying to bounce back necessarily from everything that happens, but actually motivated to bounce forward but i know that's not true of everyone and that trauma is still um you know very much present for people um yeah it's uh, it's been a tough year but it there's been there's been some real genuine learning for me personally there's been some opportunity from a business point of view uh, and for our clients as well so um it, it feels weird to say that because this is you know on the face of it not a happy time, but there is always, um, there's always learning you can take. And, you know, I think uh, everyone that I know has done their best to um, take the positives where they can find them. Mm, so, so is, is there a, a key learning lesson that you've, you've got? I think it is that, you know, we're human beings and we can cope with almost anything. Um, if we stay connected, uh, if we look after ourselves, uh, if we make time for that, you know, we have, a, I have a team of 25. Um, we have a, we have an office in, uh, in London, in the UK. Um, it's a really lovely office. We'd only moved into it a month before the first lockdown. Um, uh, and we haven't been there since. I think we've had a couple of days where, <sighs> you know, people have, uh, you know, tried to come in, in between, um, the prime minister telling us, to go back home again and, you know, or say, no, actually you can go back to work and then say, well, maybe not bad idea. Um, and there it sits, you know, and, <clears throat> and we miss that, um, as a team, but we talk about the fact that we miss that. Um, and we spend a lot of time in, uh, in groups as a whole team. Uh, and that that's kind of amazing. So the technology innovation that's happened, 
with those sorts of platforms, you know, Zoom and Teams were kind of bit players really before. <clears throat> I mean, people were using them, but they've now become part of the fabric of everyday life for a lot of people at work. This is it. You know, and, and it's uh, it works. You still miss being in the same place as people, um, but it is possible to to do what we're doing and and it feel okay so that's that's an amazing learning um really is is that you know you if you wrote it at the beginning of the year like this is what's going to happen i think most people would be like a no it wasn't uh you're yeah. joking that's sci-fi and b yeah. really if we were to do that that would be horrendous and yeah. and honestly for a lot of people i think early on it really was um and then you just habituate to it human beings are really good at adapting and beyond adapting then humans tend to become good at more than just at having adapted it's it's like how can i make this work for me um and so those learnings are around you know making sure there's time for self-care making sure there's time to care for others making sure you stay connected um and you know that you're putting yourself in the best possible position to thrive rather than just survive there you go. Got it. Got it. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate it, uh, sharing that. It's always interesting to know that how, how it's, uh, others have experienced it because I know that for, for some, it's not all grief and, you know, uncertainty and, and negative. For some people, some are up. Let's be honest, some some have actually really uh, benefited from from this. You know, I guess if you've got shares in, in Zoom or any other uh, <laughs> virtual yeah. video platform and conferences, you, you're probably doing away okay financially. Yeah. Um, I know some people in the, in the construction industry have done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have had a lot of time alone that they actually enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's just to give it another perspective. I know it's, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom for, for, for many, uh, but either way it's lessons. So great. I'm going to back up a second because when you shared that you, you, you refer to humans, you refer to people and that says a lot about kind of who you are and I guess why you are a doctor. Can you t- just share a little bit as to, you know, why are you doctor? What are you doctor of? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, it's been a long and winding road. It could take a long time to tell this. No, I'll, I'll give you the uh, the potted version. Um, <laughs> so, but I will go back away. Uh, I just had unbelievably my 50th birthday, 50 years on the planet. I'm in my sixth decade. I can't believe it, but I can believe it. Um, but I, I found psychology uh at the age of i think it was 14 13 14 years old um and i was at school uh reading some careers leaflet i think that a teacher had left and you know i was looking at different various different careers in passing to be honest at that age it, it wasn't like i was thinking oh i really must pick a career right now um and i read the description of a psychologist and i thought that just doesn't sound like a job that sounds awesome so you basically um observe people you listen to them you you try and help people to um it probably didn't say this but i, I think that's what i took away from it um you know like be the best version of themselves um and and help them overcome challenges and difficulties and I, and I just thought that that just sounds amazing so i pretty much then at that age decided i wanted to do a psychology undergrad degree did it um but i, did, I was not overwhelmed i have to say there was a lot in there about biology it was very science oriented i did it at reading university uh, they've got a real um psychology of learning or they did have a, a very kind of much of a focus on learning 
And that for me wasn't all that interesting. I didn't see it as that applied. Um, I enjoyed it, but not as much as I'd expected. Um, I then went into work. I was I was working at, uh, in the engineering sector at a transport consultancy for a few years. Um, and then something happened that enabled me to find my, my path. Um, and I came across uh, occupational psychology, work psychology. Really, that, that happened because I'd been doing that work in industry and realized that, you know, people weren't really talking to each other. Um, managers weren't managing as well as they could. Um, people were a little bit isolated in what they were doing. It was partly the industry, but it was also, I was hearing a lot of people's issues and problems because they were coming to me and talking to me. Um, I was a bit, you know, um, out of the ordinary really working there as a, as a graduate, um, kind of a bit without portfolio, you know, like I was just doing stuff that was needed to be done. So I had a fair amount of free time. Um, anyway, you know, I, I heard all these people's issues and I thought, there's got to be an applied form of psychology that can help really didn't know about organizational psychology or occupational psychology as we call it in the UK at that time um but I went to investigate uh before the internet was born so I think that would have been quite difficult now I look back but I must have gone to a library or something and found out that it did exist occupational psychology um, and I found a master's course that I, uh, that looked interesting at summer uni. Um, and that was it. Like I just, all the lights went on for me in that course. It was such an amazing experience. It was such a great course of study. I could see how all the theories that I was being shown and taught could apply directly back into the place that I'd been working. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great, the start of the journey almost, um, I went on to do a doctorate in organizational psychology after I did the master's. I did it in a couple of years. I just wanted to get into work and get going and start applying some of this learning as quickly as possible. Um, so yeah, I got the doctorate. It was almost like I, I was, uh, uh, I don't know, um, persuaded into it by my, my master's um, tutor. And she was, she was like, oh, you've got to have a doctorate, you know, in, in our field. And I was like, yeah, 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 probably, you know, didn't really know what I was getting into. Of course, when she said in our field, she meant as an academic. Um, and I had no real intention of becoming an academic, although I think academic rigor in, um, you know, in, in all sciences, whether they're social sciences or natural sciences is, is essential. And um, I think it serves a tremendous purpose. You know, building up evidence to um, to lend weight to a theory, um, to you know, you know, almost turn people's views in an opposite direction. Um, but I'm not an academic. You know, I will I will willingly take academic study, uh, but I will apply that in a practical way, translate it, if you like, so that people can use it in their lives. That's where I see the real value of, uh, of academia and, and research. So my PhD was quite applied. I did it on um, organizational culture uh, and the psychological contract. So the um, almost the interface between employees and their em employing organizations. Um, and little did I know at the time, it was the emergence for me of positive psychology in my thinking because um, I was wired to help people understand how they could create more positive organizations where people could thrive. I didn't have that language at the time, um, but that was very much where my interests were. Uh, I then set up a consultancy that was 
really off the back of the master's dissertation that I did and the um, uh, the PhD as well, kind of which rolled off the back of the master's, um, helping organizations to understand those principles of positive organizational cultures. Um, and that, it almost felt rude to not start a business. I mean, I, you know, people say like, wow, what a brave decision. I was like, and I still am. I'm a bit, I get it. I get why that would look like that. But for me, it just seemed like a natural next step. Um, I'd done a bit of time in industry. I was now back in now consultancy, um, you know, providing people with tools to help them make better decisions about how to help their employees have better working lives. Um, and that just seemed like a totally natural step for me. Um, so I set up a company called Blue Edge. Originally, it was called Organizational Solutions. That was difficult to say and did not fit on a credit card. Um, it's 11 syllables. Uh, so, and it's too generic. So I came up with Blue Edge, which is two syllables, doesn't mean anything. And, you know, people could remember it more easily. Um, and so, I, you know, that went, that went for a while. I was um, enjoying that work a lot, doing work on the macro stuff, organizational culture, realizing at the same time, you don't change a culture without engaging the leaders. So leadership development became part and parcel of uh, what we offered as a consultancy, including executive coaching. Uh, and team development, but a lot of the work was done at sort of C-suite level or or minus one. And I look back, and you know, I would have been in my very early thirties, um, you know, doing that work with uh, people of of much much more experience. But I guess I, I felt comfortable and confident that I could help um, with the process around uh, self-development rather than necessarily knowing anything like as much as they did about, you know, the content of their jobs. Um, so yeah, on, on I went and the company grew to a reasonable size. Uh, I think we had about 10, 11 employees, um, at, at, at our peak at Blue Edge. Um, and then, you know, I had a, a kind of couple of awakenings, which I hadn't realized at the time were awakenings. Um, I was asked to chair a session at, um, a CIPD conference uh, for a guy called Nick Bayliss, who was at Cambridge Uni, and he was he was a, a columnist in the Times, um, okay. and he was called Doctor Feelgood. That was his name in the Times, um, and I, you know I was I was told he was a positive psychologist, and I was like, okay, I I think I'm one of them. Like I'm a psychologist, and I'm quite a positive guy. I'm sure that's mm. what I am. But actually, what I didn't realize is that there's a whole branch, an emergent branch of the science of psychology, focusing yeah. on what goes right in life, what goes right for people, rather than just focusing on um, dysfunction and disorder and what goes wrong for people and helping them get back to a place where they're okay. Um, and this whole new emergent branch of psychology, for me, was it, it, it was new. Um, I thought it sounded pretty good, but it was very early um, in its in its um, development, and there wasn't a huge evidence base at the time. So, um, you know, I just kind of carried on with the consultancy work that I was doing. But then, maybe two or three years later, um, I was approached by a guy who had just finished a corporate role in Yahoo. Um, Yahoo, I think they still use that in the states. <laughs> But wow. you know, I know, yeah. right? It just dates it straight away. So this would have been 2005, 2006. Um, but he had uh, been the head of talent across Europe, I think. Okay. Um, and he'd been using the strengths approach. He, he'd been using uh, a different 
tool to Strengthscope. Strengthscope didn't exist at the time, but he'd found mm. a few issues with um, exporting it outside of the US um, with the language, with the accessibility, uh, with some of the, the concepts. It was a bit jargony. It kept reporting different results for people, you know, and, and there were a bunch of reasons why he chose to seek out someone who could build psychometric tools. Um, mm. And he found me. There's not a huge number of people who can do that. You know, I think in, in psychology, most people get into psychology because they want to help people, including me. But the stat mm. side, you know, the psychometric building side of yeah. psychology yeah. is not the mainstream in terms of where people's interests um, lie. Okay, Paul. So break it down for us. What is a psychometric test? Yeah, it's a really good question, Derek. Um, so psychometric is a word of two parts. Uh, psych meaning psychological, metric meaning measure. So it's a, a measure of psychological or behavioral processes. Um, and it's, it's used typically in the social sciences to give a read scientifically on uh, somebody's uh, values or interests or motives or behaviors uh, or whatever it may be. In order to be classified as a psychometric, though, there has to be certain um, statistical qualities that the, that the tool can show. Uh, and we've achieved those standards with Strengthscope in having developed it. So Strengthscope is a, a measure of what energizes people, what engages them at work, uh, what they love at work, because it's, it, it looks at the underlying you know, values and motives and behavioral drivers that get people excited and enthused to go to work. So um, it's about energy, essentially. And it's about what you are great at or likely to be great at, or perhaps what you can become great at, because there's a, a natural energy for um, that particular part of work, you know, whether that's creativity or leadership or collaborating um, or or really just having a, a sort of great sense of self-confidence. That's some of the 24 strengths contained within Strengthscope. Um, and we've attained a standard, the British Psychological Society, um, which is seen as a global gold standard anyway for psychometrics. It's based on uh, this test registration status that we've achieved is based on the European Federation of Psychological Association standards. So it's across the whole of Europe. Uh, it's recognized in the US and globally as well. And we're the only strengths assessment to have achieved that. You, you don't do that lightly. It's a really rigorous, long-winded, um, involved process where you're, where you're demonstrating that every one of your strengths is independent from every other one. Uh, it's all based on good sound theory. Uh, and you can see the links between your assessment and other people's existing assessments that are well respected. So we've done all of that work. It never ends, actually, what we call validation of a, of a psychometric. You, you need to keep researching it to make sure it's staying relevant. Um, and so we do. You, you also look at things like, um, uh, you know, is, is it adversely impacting certain groups? Um, is, is the tool inadvertently or directly causing a problem for particular groups? You know, could be, um, you know, people from different ethnic backgrounds or um, males versus females or people from different age groups. And uh, I'm pleased and proud to say that Strength Scope has a clean bit of health in all of those areas as well. 
that. And that's not true of every psychometric that's been developed. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what we then therefore know is that when you're looking at a strength scope wheel, the uh, strength scope sort of circumplex of 24 mm. strengths that all interrelate with each other, that that is going to be an accurate representation of what energizes somebody at work. And it will be entirely unique to them. The chances of getting the same top seven strengths in the same order as anyone else out of 24 is uh, one in 1.3 billion. So you are not yeah. going to see another strengths profile that looks like yours. It is as unique as your fingerprint. And and really, that's the story of Strengthscope. It's, it's, a, a, it's a celebration, but it's a very practical way of you identifying what makes you unique um, as uh, as a human being in the work context. So how can yeah. you play um, those strengths to, uh, you know, maximize your potential and also to feel energized every day at work? And also, what can you do about risk areas? What can you do about areas which drain you or maybe where those strengths uh, go into overdrive can become overplayed and lead to unintended consequences because they blindside you because you're you know you're still feeling energized and everyone around you is going whoa turn that down mm. that's a, that's a bit too loud um so yeah it, it's been a, an amazing journey with strengthscope um, you know it's been 14 years almost now that um, you know we've we've been on this journey and yeah we've spent a lot of time building out the the kind of practical tools to help people get more from their working lives by understanding how they can utilize those strengths in a way that's contributing value definitely definitely and it shows the the effort the input uh probably the blood sweat and tears um it shows in in, in the in the product and tool so you know as, as a coach somebody who is helping people to um understand what is their next move maybe um being you know in this this changed world that we're living in people being made further uh people have uh, redundancies a lot of people going back to what it is that they they can do and leveraging transferable skills and understanding who they are again and, and Strengthscope is really, really effective um, in that process. It really powers people up. Um, when I work with individuals who, um, especially people from minority backgrounds, you know, uh, they often have lower confidence than they're letting on. And when we start to understand you know, the impact of them covering and not being themselves uh, and seeing how it is negatively impacting their performance, it's, it's a massive transformation, right? It's a breakthrough because then they start to use their strengths and they get powered up. Their confidence comes back. So I just want to say thank you uh, for, for you know, putting all of that effort into making this tool as, as, as effective as it is. I used it myself. I remember doing an assessment probably 2015 and then doing another one in 2018 and, and you know, having very, very you know, similar, if not exactly mm. the same results. Um, so yeah, no, just, just, yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate it. And anybody that I've worked with, any company that I worked with teams as well, uh, have always, you know, so, so grateful for the insights that they get, um, and how it's impacted. Thank them you. In terms of Thank you for saying that. Juice, it's, so. it's always good to hear yeah. that, uh, that feedback. And we talk about, um, transforming lives, changing lives. Um, every download of Strengthscope we count in the, in the team and the company as someone whose life has been changed um, for the positive, because they'll have that insight. Um, you know, typically uh, they'll be helped by a coach in exploring their strengths and for that person 
holding the space so that someone can can recognize not just that they have certain strengths but you know what can they do with them and how can they make the greatest difference it you know what we what we don't want to happen is that is someone picks it up and says yeah it pretty much sounds like me and then they put it away again and you know never go back it, mm. it really that enlightenment moment you know where you where you look at your strengths and you and you realize they're not the same as anybody else's that they're literally a unique description of you that's the point mm. that's the touch paper that's been lit that you know we would want that to to be the case anyway to propel people forwards in a career or in their role in a direction which is much more attuned to their strengths and being open in talking about you know these are the things that i really enjoy let me contribute those into the team you know let me um, use them more in my role today and let me build a career that's gonna like you said in your intro um enable me to more naturally play to my strengths and that you, what you were saying there about confidence building um enabling empowering people to um you, you know push themselves forward in the direction of of travel that's more them i agree with you i think it absolutely can provide that platform for people to just say unapologetically this is who i am this is the contribution that i can make to the world i'm going to go and get it you know because i'm not the same as everybody else i'm unique to me uh, and and you know with help and support let's work out a pathway that's going to going to allow me to get there i mean it's a what a joy to work in a field where that can happen for people you know mm. so is is that is that it then so is you know passions and professions is this is this is the name of the podcast yeah. you know and I, and I and i share that with people um so that they they get to to learn about people who have found their way in terms of leveraging their passions, their strengths, um, and, are, and are benefiting from it. And everybody's on their journey. Some people are further along than others, right? So, so what is your passion, just in case people have missed it in, in the minutes that we're speaking? Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a really great question. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by what goes on in the world and the new learning that's out there. And I'm always grabbing at that and, you know, seeing what else is out there. And, you know, it, it's always dynamic. It's ever changing. And I'm, and I'm, fascinated to um corral that curate it sift it um and then present it in a way that's going to be helpful for people strength scope is an example of that but it's not the only interest or passion that i have i have to say though it's been such a a, a joy and a pleasure and a mission actually to help mm. transform as many people's lives as possible in the world that it has taken up a lot of my last you know, 15 years um, in terms of headspace and heart space. So I would say, um, you know, it remains the, the whole strengths approach, um, you know, until it gets to a place where literally globally, you know, people are going, yep, I get it. I need to play to my strengths. Um, I know how to do that. And I'm doing that until we get to that place. It's going to remain a burning passion within me, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to take that message and those tools and those tips out to people. So I have that, um, I have that desire to make the biggest possible difference in the world, um, to, to have a, a clear, motivating picture of the future and how the future can be different and driving towards that. And then everything else in terms of uh, building teams um, and, and getting kind of communities of, of people with a shared perspective around that shared vision, that's all an outcome of the desire, the drive to change the world positively. Um, which I'm sure is true of a lot of people, you know, that people want to make a positive impact in the world and I'm no different. I remember having a conversation with um, with someone who's a, a really close friend now. She was my my first ever employee. She actually never came on to, um, you know, like a full-time contract. She always wanted to have one foot out doing her okay. own stuff. 
uh, and she's now a uh, she has her own business and um, she's a, a visiting fellow at Harvard or was for a while and she's at um, London School of Economics um, amazing researcher herself but I remember talking to her um, about you know my um, my ambitions for Blue Edge you know back in the day when I had a smaller consultancy um, and sort of saying, oh, you know, it would be quite nice to be around this size and, you know, we carry on doing our thing. And she just challenged me and just went, what, why, why would you not want to grow this as big as it can get to make as much difference as you possibly can? And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, you're right. Why am I limiting my thinking around how much of a difference we can make? So I've always from that, you know, probably from before that, but you know, she really crystallized it for me, if you like, um, you know, to to just to go with that ambition, to go forward in that mm-hmm. way, rather than to suppress it or or you know um, uh, overthink it or second guess it and and sort of make it not happen. So um, I thank her for that. Her name is Rebecca Newton, and you can you can yeah. you can buy her book Authentic Gravitas. It's it's excellent. I know this. Okay. Big shout out to Rebecca. Yes. Thank you for for doing that and and pushing uh, Paul to to really. Um, strive for, for what it is that you're you're striving yeah. for. You know what? One thing we haven't mentioned is um, kind of a big deal in the sense that you know you you're helping. Previously, you were helping you know uh, some of the most powerful people in in the UK and Europe organisations. So the you know leaders of businesses to grapple and, uh, with all of the complexities that they do and the decision making that they do. Um, that's a big deal mm-hmm. being able to do that successfully. And and you've got you know, people on your your resume in terms of uh, strength scopes so Channel 4s, Siemens, Mazda. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a pretty long list. Yeah. Any that you want to to mention as, you know, big wins on your journey? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a real variety, actually, of customers, uh, ranging from, you know, people like yourself who are um, coaches with businesses making a difference in, in, a, in a specific area, typically, um, with a set of specialisms. Mm. Um, right the way through to um, global businesses, as you say, like Siemens, um, the World Bank, we've been working with for some time now, um, EDF Energy, HSBC, all of them have been switched on to the strengths approach. Uh, they've all mm. wanted to integrate and weave that approach into their people processes. And that's then our role. It's to enable those organizations to um, find a way or ways where they can bring the strengths approach into everyday working life uh, in, in a way which is subtly shifting the culture without it being seen as so revolutionary that people might just say, well, too much, you know, like that's, that, that's, uh, so it's more evolution than revolution for those really large organizations. Um, but <clears throat> it's, it's wonderful to have the opportunity to work with those huge enterprise businesses uh, and integrate the product set into uh, into into their everyday organizational life um but we also work with you know um we also work with 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 smaller organizations um we were quite into retail and hospitality obviously things have changed significantly over the course of the past year but we're still working closely with um, boots for example um and you know other other uk businesses like bt who've actually been a, a significant beneficiary of the pandemic I would say, given you know the communications companies have, have done um, particularly <laughs> yeah. well, and and this is yeah, no different. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. You, you were talking about who's benefited, and you know companies mm. that sell TVs 
uh, or movies, you know, like like <laughs> Samsung or Netflix, you know, they they're just they're, they're they're doing so well. But for yeah. for most and, and the, uh, the the fitness yeah. uh, the online PTs, yeah. you know, shout out to Joe Joe Wicks. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> do, doing amazing stuff in you know in so many ways. The other clients we have are um, uh, technology partners, so. Um, and they've again been huge beneficiaries of, uh, of of what's been happening over the course of the last twelve months. Mm. Companies like Cloverleaf in the US, um, LHH Penner, who are an online assessment um, company, they do consultancy as well, of course. But you know th- those platforms and us integrating Strengthscope into those platforms so that it's accessible to more of their customers. Um, you know that's been a that's been a whole new departure for us. We're still relatively new on that journey but what we're learning even though we've only been doing that really properly for about a year is the conversations Mm. we're having with some partners you know we're ahead of them in in, you know they're wanting to integrate into us and our platform rather than the other way around so you know my um my my strategy during the pandemic has been very much to continue to invest invest in our people invest in our technology to continue to push forward um, you know, we furloughed nobody. Uh, nobody's been made redundant. You know, we've wanted to just keep wow. going with the full team at full pelt um, and just keep going with our plans. And, and all we've really done is to mm. reprioritize, um, you know, some of the uh, activities in our program to speak to the current climate and, and the pandemic in particular. So we've been focusing even more on the uh, technology partners that we have as a way of distributing the product to a to a wider community um so yeah i mean you know it really it's been a fascinating year it's been a very challenging year from from a business perspective you know with that explicit strategy of wanting everyone to stay in their roles you know carrying that size overhead um brings risk but it has felt a hundred percent like the right thing to do and everyone's been super busy totally engaged uh, you know, we are, we always say hashtag one team and it has really felt like that, even though we've been, you know, um, working from home for months now, it still feels like yeah. we're very connected and, um, you know, that there's that real sense of belonging that runs right the way through the business, which is, you know, which is great. Do, do you have, do you have flexibility as a show? No, <laughs> it's really low for me. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> My, mine's, mine's not that high, um, but I've, so it's something being one of my developing areas, yeah. uh, I would say I've had to kind of uh, yeah, work yeah. with my other strengths to, to build it up, right? And But it's not something I, I naturally, if there was a, a project and it required extreme flexibility, I wouldn't be the first to put no. my hand up. I would use my other strengths there. But yeah, you, you, what you described is, you know, I guess working with your team as a team, finding that flexibility and being adaptable in, in um face of what is going to be an ongoing yeah i mean fortunately my um my my managing director who who came into the role um formally only a month ago in fact a month ago tomorrow um he has flexibility as a strength and um Uh. and he's also incredibly process oriented and very very conscious of uh, making sure that we have the right systems and checks and balances in place in the business to uh you know protect us from the uh, ravaging storm of um, the economy changing and the pandemic and all of that, all of those headwinds. So, you know, he, if I don't have that flexibility, he, he absolutely brings that in bucket loads plus enthusiasm, which we both share. Um, and, and that's been extremely helpful because there's not a change that 
will phase him. You know, uh, he 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 will look at change as an opportunity every time. And for me, it takes. I I get there, but I go to optimism. I go to enthusiasm. I go back to our mission and our vision as my mm. you know my means of getting to a place of energy around change. Whereas for him, change per se is exciting. Um, you know, and and that you know, it doesn't mean you have to have flexibility, as you know, as you, you know, in order to to get through yeah. change there's all sorts of strengths um, that you can bring to bear and 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 really that's i suppose one of the joys of strength scope you know what are you trying to achieve oh i'm trying to achieve um leading through change a whole team of people okay what strengths do you have that can help you with that how are you yeah. going to make that happen because the outcome is the outcome you know you want to successfully navigate through turbulent times what are the strengths you're going to call on for your own but other people's in order to make that happen, in order to do that as smoothly as possible with as much energy as possible, not just feeling that you're, you know, you're wrung out because you're exhausted from, from calling on something within you that just isn't there. Yeah, definitely. And that is why it's so important to work with, um, I guess, practitioners, people to understand uh, strength scope, but aside from that, just people who can, who can kind of challenge you and look in you and understand what it is that you have mm. so that you can dial it up, dial it down mm -hmm. accordingly. And it's really important to have the, those types of people in the network. Mm. Um, I'd like to just turn it back to you, actually, Paul, because this is one thing that comes up for me is that once I, I work with individuals or a team to, to say, look, this is where you really thrive, right? This is your, your essence. Once we've understood that, we uncover it, they, they buy into it, they, they agree with it. It's then like, okay, well, how do I apply that? And, and sometimes it can come at a cost, you know, it, sometimes in the sense that if you are, I guess in my instance, where I decided, you know what, I need to do this type of work to, to feel um, fulfilled, to, to see the types of results for me and for the organization, clients, customers. But that journey can come at a cost if you're going to pursue that um, in some cases. Mm. On your journey, mm -hmm. I'm guessing it hasn't all been smooth. Mm. Can you share a bit of insight as to what it's like going at this big mission um, in this you know, ever-changing world? Mm. Can you give us a bit of, you know, the, maybe the bumps in the road? Yeah. It, so, yeah, let's go back a bit. I mean, we, you know, because where we left it um, was me setting up what was actually Strengths Partnership was the original name of the business with mm. Strength Scope as the assessment tool way back in 2006. Um, and we were validating the tool for uh, a couple of years. And when I say me, that was me and James Brooke, um, my fellow co-founder um, and the other joint managing director within the business. And that, you know, that right there, it, it, it tells you that that's going to bring challenge in itself. You know, you're, we okay. were 50-50 joint shareholders. Um, you know, that on the face of it is if you agree on everything and you've got absolutely the same vision and picture of the future that you're driving towards should work fine. But I've, I have to say, you know, in more recent years, when I've spoken to people who are out there in the world of business and investing in business, um, they're, they're very cautious about, you know, uh, recommending a 50, 50 or a kind of even split on, on equity when you go into, okay. into business with people. And that, that it's to do with, the inevitability of the vision perhaps changing over time or the way that you would want to um, bring that vision to reality. And that 
and, and we were no different in this respect. Um, my view on that is that we had very similar views, but there were differences. And you can either, you, you, can, you can butt heads on that until one wins out, or you can sort of try and compromise, um, you know, and that inevitably dilutes the clarity of that mission, of that vision, um, and the plan that you want to put in place to, to achieve that. And, you know, as I say, we, we, we found a point in our growth. Actually, if I go back, you know, we both had our own businesses uh, when we met and those continued for some years, actually. So we were, we were building strength scope and building strengths partnership alongside our own independent businesses that, you know, we didn't have any um, equity interest in one or the other. But when it got to a point where we could see the potential that Strengthscope had, and you know, both of us decided that we wanted to be all in, <clears throat> that was about 2012. So it was a good six years after we'd first met. Um, and at that point, you know, while we'd nominally been joint MDs up to that point, this is where we, you know, the rubber hits the road, right? Because you're now in it every single day um, together, and you've got to make those inverted commas joint decisions. Or you decide that you each run a different part of the business and you basically let the other person do, you know, what, what they want to do. But you, you kind of have to just agree on so much stuff. So, um, yeah, that was not without its challenge, I have to say. And, you know, we, we, hit, we hit a point in our journey where for a couple of years we, we weren't seeing the growth that we were expecting. Um, we kind of hit a bit of a a buffer, a bit of a flat line. Um, and we talked about it, you know, we, you know, we weren't entirely sure what wasn't quite working, but, you know, retrospectively, that's my conclusion that we were almost diluting too much of our own individual views of um, where success would lie. Um, and so we looked at the options and uh, we decided that if I buy James out, um, that actually, you know, I can bring my vision, I think we both could have done a really good job of continuing with our own direction. Um, but that's what we decided. And I'm very pleased that we did decide that. So I bought him out uh, March 2018 was when the deal was finally complete. Um, and between March 2018 and March 2020, that's of course pre-COVID, um, we had doubled turnover, doubled profits, and doubled the number of Strengthscope downloads in that time that we'd achieved up to that point. Um, which, uh, you know, that's not to say that if James hadn't taken over, that that wouldn't have happened as well. I just think mm. we'd hit a point where, you know, it was going to be difficult for us both to um, be able to put our heart and soul into something where we felt there was too much compromise. Um, so so my to do that, what I did in that time was, and, and what I believed was necessary for us as a business to unleash that potential um was to change our tone of voice um to make ourselves less corporate more accessible to simplify our offer um and to improve the technology and i i'd, I'd always believe that the heart of strength scope you've got the simplest idea you've got the strength scope wheel and the uh the strengths that sit within that wheel and that's what people need to see and that that's mm. it that's the that's the heart of the conversation it gives you that kind of um, touchstone you can go to to say, ah, those are the strengths I'm going to take into today or into this meeting or f to further forward my career. Um, oh, I need to remember these risk areas. And you've got that, 
unique fingerprint of strengths. And that, that, that's it, you know? So we have, there's a lot of um, other products um, and areas we've developed out around leadership and team development, engagement. Um, we've got a 360 plugin. There's a whole raft of tools that sit around that, that first conversation. But the simplicity of Strengthscope is in that conversation. It's in deepening an individual's understanding of themselves and helping yeah. them therefore have that more confident conversation with their colleagues and with other people around what they can bring uniquely to every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, everything needed to point towards that. You know, how can we enable those conversations to happen well yeah. um, in more organizations uh, and in more uh, you know, in more, in more coaching practices the world over. Um, and that, you know, that just created greater clarity for the whole team. Um, and for me, rather than, you know, what we'd been doing, which was kind of developing and developing and developing and developing lots of different kind of application points and different tools. It was almost like, okay, let's, let's get rid of some of those and let's just focus on the basics here and do that really well. I, I still think we've got quite a way to go actually with that simplifying um, of our offer. We have um, keeping it simple as one of our core values in the team to remind ourselves how important that is and to not get yeah. too enthusiastic, you know, and, and overwhelm people with, with, you know. Makes sense. It makes sense. You know, if you, if you want to reach uh, millions of people around the world, you are going to have to simplify. Um, if you want a lot of different people to understand it, grasp it and utilize it, then, yeah, the simpler, mm. the, the better. Yeah. I'm just going back, going back as well. With, you know, sometimes at a first glance, the idea and concept of, you know, focusing on your strengths, many people miss out that actually, you know, we don't just leave the weaker areas and development areas. Or actually, you could actually be using your strengths too much. Um, and strengths go the language you use as being in overdrive. Uh, for you, uh, Paul, when you are um, stressed mm. or in a new situation, what is the risk based on your kind of strengths wheel mm, setup? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. The, the one strength that I'm so conscious of, and I've just touched on mm. it actually with the whole of that description of <clears throat> the strength scope journey up to now, is um, it's a combination actually, but it's, it's primarily collaboration um, and mm. also empathy. So um, I have a drive to work with, to find common ground, to um, identify what it is that we share, you know, and when I say we, okay. that could be me plus anybody. Um, yeah. From a business point of view, you know, that could be a joint interest that we have in a, in a particular area of field. Or it could be in a, in a team, it's seeking harmony and um, collecting uh, or, or, or everybody kind of having a, a shared view of what they want to achieve. Um, empathy for me is... Uh, a huge source of energy um, that I that I get. I do a lot of exec coaching, um, and you know I work closely with the team, and I'm you know uh, coaching or mentoring various people uh, both internally and externally from Strengthscope, um, and holding the space for people to understand them from where they're at, you know, and, and helping them to develop as well. You know that that's a great source of joy and energy for me. But in overdrive that can sometimes feel like a blurring of boundaries for me. It's, you know, it's, you know, if you, if you take, if I take collaboration and empathy and I put myself under stress and pressure, as you say, what can happen is that I lose my own interests in the interests of others. 
So, um, uh, you know, I can become uh, so other focused, which is my yeah. primary kind of um, drive anyway, that I forget the self-focus that I need to retain in order to have that clarity of vision to drive us forward as a business. Um, so I get, I can get uh, too focused on others' needs and um, satisfying those needs. That that really is probably the biggest watch out for me. There's others, um, but that's the one that I'm. You, it's almost like I have to have a mantra to stop myself from from, from, from doing that. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's what that is one of the the amazing things about having the assessment, having the debrief, and then con- continuous coaching. But being able to just come back to your, um, your strengths profile, mm. not just throw it in the drawer and leave it there but just also part of your being yourself like for me personally um one of them so a strength of mine is that i can be quite efficient um methodical my approach mm. uh, which links nicely to my other strength which is um obviously developing people mm. but it can go it can get become excessive so i might spend too much time on something that isn't maybe the the, the priority mm. to ensure that that is like perfect or that works in a certain way and that's done in a certain order. So I have to catch myself when I'm doing that, when I'm being mm. the, you know, the, the, the stickler or the perfectionist. And we all know, well, not everybody knows, but um, if you have that perfection streak, it can be really helpful, but you need to be careful where you apply mm. it. And that's something that I've learned over the years um, from coaching, just being a lot more self-aware. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I wouldn't have known that about you. And that's, that again is part of the, <laughs> you know, because just because we haven't worked together that closely, you know, we, we know each other, but mm. it's, that's really helpful to know that because there's something else about yeah. strengths, which yeah. is typically that they're, they're underlined by values or underpinned by values. So, you know, if I, and I think I was like a couple of minutes late to us starting today and I now can make a hypothesis that actually you'd have been on the other end kind of, I wonder where he is because actually we got a plan and we were going to start at 9am. So, um, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm also dialing up on my uh, flexibility. Yeah. Um, actually, I think because of also 2020, COVID, all this other stuff, um, I, I, yeah, I've made a lot of uh, headway in terms of being nice. adaptable, flexible yeah. as well. So, yeah, this, this is, yeah, these are the sorts of conversations exactly. that, that come out when you start to talk about, you know, strengths and, uh, risks and stuff yeah. like that so no again appreciate you being so open and honest about the journey um key lessons tips yeah i've got a few i mean you know the first and foremost <clears throat> is if you want to make that change in the world if you want to make that u-shaped impact um because you have a passion burning within you mm. go for your dream go for your dream make it happen because your passion, your fire will get you so far uh, and it will, it will just keep you going, you know. But I wouldn't say do that with, um, you know, don't go into it in a way which is not thought through. Um, there's, a, there's a whole raft of stuff that I have kind of come to latterly rather than early, um, which I would definitely, mm-hmm. now if I look back, I would probably, I would probably say, yep, I would definitely consider that um, earlier on in the journey. So in no particular order, consider funding, actually. Um, You know, there are a variety of options. If you have a dream, if you want to make that dream big, then, you know, that can definitely be an option if you're wanting to build a business and scale it. Um, 
or I've never taken on, I've taken on debt, you know, in terms of um, buying James out, for example, but I've never taken on external funding in order to grow. Um, and looking back, I think that could have been probably a sensible move um, earlier on. I think we could have kind of moved things forward quicker. Uh, I know where we'd have spent it. It would have been on raising our voice from a marketing point of view, mm. uh, being seen more quickly by more people. Um, and, you know, just, just didn't do it. So also investing in the technology, it would have helped with that too. Um, I would always recommend getting external advice um, and then not just getting external advice, but listening to it. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's important to know yourself and your own views um, and to stay strong with that and to sit with yourself and counsel yourself almost. But I would highly recommend having a group of people around you as diverse as possible from a variety of fields who've had different experiences who you can call on and involve in your decision-making process rather than feeling you have to carry it all yourself. So get external advice and not just get external advice and pay for it or, you know, amass it and then just sit there with it and go, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, find the value in, in the advice that you're getting um, and, and really listen to it. Um, I, you, you'll like this one. I, you know, I would say, because of your efficiency strength, I would say 100% <laughs> get your processes right. You know, from a, from a business point of view, that caught me out with my first consultancy quite significantly. I just, there was too much on trust there. Um, and I didn't have enough visibility of how the business was actually doing while well, I had one eye on strengths partnership and strength scope. Um, mm. And you need that. You need to know what's going on. These days, touch of a button. If you've got your metrics right, you should be able to know how your PL is doing, <clears throat> how your people are doing. Um, if you've got, if you've employed people, you know, what's your cash flow looking like? Cash is king. You know, you have to have a really good read on that. What is your work pipeline looking like right now? Um, so yeah. get your processes right so you know how you're doing at any any point in time. Um, I would say I heard this described as play at the right table. So it's basically be in the right market. Um, and for, you know, James and I for years joked about how we'd started the business five years too early because people just weren't switched onto the idea of strengths. When we started mm -hmm. our journey, you know, it, it took a long time to get to a place where people were listening. So rule number one of marketing, don't try and educate your market, you know, be, be playing in, unless you want to be a real disruptor and you fervently believe that what you have, which is very different from everything else that's out there is, is going to um, catch people's attention and be um, adopted early. Even then, I think it's, it's quite a big risk. Um, I, would, I would recommend generally from a business point of view, evolution, not revolution, show how you can fit into what's already there rather than try and change the world because the world's all wrong. The world is not going to change because you want it to. Um, you can only really change yourself. But I wouldn't compromise what you have to the point where it, it becomes uh, the same as everybody else. You know, Make sure you're differentiated. Invest in marketing. It is noisy out there. Um, differentiate and be seen and spend more money on marketing than you think you need to, but also do it cleverly. You know, there's a lot you can do now with um, social media marketing, which you know, can be relatively low cost, but, but high return. Um, you know, search engine optimization obviously is another area it's, it's probably worth looking at. But actually just basically have a decent marketing um, mix in there uh, so that you can be seen. Um, 
got a couple more know your customers um spend time with your customers get them talking listen again um and keep listening to what your customers are saying um yeah it, it really is it, it's the probably the most important thing of all having recently moved from md to founder and chair that's freed me up to do more of that uh and to to really deeply listen to our independent practitioner customer base uh, including yourself but also our corporate customers as well um and and listening to what 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 they have going on for them right now and um yeah. you know making sure that we're integrating that new learning into what we're offering um I would say play to your strengths seriously you know that starts with knowing them and knowing what they're not you know and, and bringing people in who can help support you in areas where you perhaps don't have strength um don't try and do everything you know there's a real i think for many people when they start their own business they feel that they have to do it all on their own but inevitably there's going to be some things that you'll find so draining and some things which will really light you up so go for that and make sure that you've got the stuff that isn't for you so much covered some other way um yeah i, I could keep going like you know yeah you you got you got a lot of gems there there's some really really helpful stuff that i'm sure the listeners are going to be scribbling away <laughs> or wanting to know know more about and um we haven't mentioned it uh, but you are the strengths guy uh, uh you have your own podcast I do. Yeah. Thank you, you for mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's been going on maybe now a couple of years. There's about 110, 115 episodes banked. Um, I tend to aim for around, uh, 10 minutes around that. Although sometimes I'll do podversations much like the one that we're doing today and they will last a bit longer than that. Um, but mostly it's kind of quick, short, sharp, strengths-based self-improvement. Um, you know, life through a strengths lens, but typically there'll be a, you know, a, a topic that will be, I don't know, how can you effectively manage a virtual team? Um, for example, uh, what's Ikigai? There's another example that just springs to mind. And why do you need that in your life? Um, what, what might meditation do for you? Uh, what did it do for me? What it is, what it isn't? Uh, how can you be um, a strengths-based leader? You know, what does that look like? Perhaps. So there's a real there's a real range of topics in there, but always through a through a strengths lens and very tips-based. So you know, I want to help, as I've I said all the way through, help people practically. So what is the science telling us, and <clears throat> how can you take that that scientific knowledge and bring it into your everyday? Uh, by maybe taking forward one or two tips from 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 a podcast, so yeah, that's the uh, it's the Strengths Guy um, podcast channel available on all platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find the Strengths Guy. Definitely, definitely worth checking that out. Um, so look, hopefully this has been been a helpful conversation for you. Um, you know, when it comes to strengths, passions, uh, and everything that Strengthscope can do in that process to to help you. And like I said, it's something that I I, I do dip into the toolkit or the toolbox for on a regular basis and I have an amazing uh, track record with clients, teams, organizations whilst um, using that. And uh, if you want an assessment, please do get in touch. Uh, Derek at lpexcellence.com, Derek Power on LinkedIn, and uh, we can we can arrange that. But for now, I just want to say thank you to uh, Paul for, for his time and all of the insights and, and uh, knowledge that you've been dropping on us today. Thank you, Derek. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Okay, everybody, remember, break boundaries, be empowered. <laughs>